This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Andrew Lees. Andrew is the founder of Stoke Strategies, a consulting service focused on helping people develop and launch their products. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Roman. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show today. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so... Uh, I think kind of like any any entrepreneur, it's been um, kind of a roller coaster. And um, so, you know, like I started, I started uh, really before college. Um, I always wanted to. I was always interested in in fixing things and taking things apart and putting them back together. Um, and so I, I had, and my grandfather was a an engineer. So I between those two things, I, I had an idea that I, that I wanted to be some, like an inventor, basically, that's what I wanted to be in life. Um, I wanted to invent things and, um, you know, getting wealthy from that was, would have been awesome too. You know, that was, (laughs) that was part of the goal. Um, and, but I didn't, so I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do in college. How did I take that? You know, how did I, I, I couldn't get a degree in being an inventor. Right. So, um, I ended up, being a mechanical engineer, I got a, a degree in that. And, and I thought maybe for a while I wanted to get into aerospace engineering. I wanted to work for a big company like Boeing or Lockheed or, um, or SpaceX. Uh, I was kind of in infancy at that time, but, uh, I just, you know, I, I thought maybe that's what I wanted to do after a few years of college. So I kind of got off track of the whole, um, developing things and inventing things. And, after after college, I got a job that wasn't in aerospace. I was working for a really big company in New Jersey, and uh, and I really didn't like it at all. I really I really kind of hated it from day one. And one of the things that I didn't like about it, which is a, a major part of it, was just how big it was. You could just get lost, and I think some people like that. They kind of like to get lost in the you know, in the shuffle and that's okay. Cause they can take home a paycheck and, and they just, you know, retire in 30, 40 years and like, they're good. But for me, I, I just wasn't working. I needed, um, I needed potential. I needed the excitement of, of starting something of, you know, having more earning potential of doing my own thing of calling my own shots. Um, and, and really also doing something that I love to do. So, I quit that job and I started working for a product development engineering company outside of Philadelphia. And that's where everything kind of clicked. I mean, that that's where I realized that, yeah, I really, I really love designing products for people, especially um, designing products for other inventors. Um, but then to take it a step further, I wanted to do that myself. You know, I always, always had that inclination. So I started um, I started come up with a few different ideas for different products, and I started fleshing them out and designing them and and prototyping and testing them. 
and did, couldn't really find anything that I was, I was really going to be passionate about that I thought was um, that I could actually bootstrap and start a business out of by myself without too much outside help. And so one day I was, I was, uh, I've got a, I surf, skate and snowboard and I've got a bunch of boards lying around and, and I realized that I wanted to hang them up. They were just sort of all over the place. So I looked around, couldn't really find anything online that was, that was halfway decent looking, a lot of metal, a lot of foam and plastic and just kind of real junky, um, racks out there. Um, a, a lot of options, but just nothing really all that nice. So I decided, Hey, maybe I can just build my own. I can make it kind of cool and, and interesting. And so I got a jigsaw and a piece of wood and I just, I came up with a design first and then I just, and built a template and then just use a jigsaw. Um, and I made my first rack, which would be the start of one of the companies that I own now and still operate called grass racks. We make bamboo, um, racks for board, like display racks. You hang up on your wall for boards, bikes, and skis. And so that was, that was my first, that was like my intro into, um, product into launching my own product instead of just developing. So, and then from there, I, I, um, I wanted to keep developing products for, for other people. And, and I, and I liked having that mix of like owning a product business and also a service business. So I started my own consulting firm called Stoke Ventures. I develop, um, products for other people. And, and, and then recently within the last year, I started a new service that, uh, called Stoke Strategies where, um, where I help people kind of figure out how to get from point A to point B with their invention. So it's not really good enough to just give them a design for a product and say, Hey, here you go. Have fun. Good luck. You know, cause they just, a lot of people didn't really know where to go. How, how do, what do I do with this? You know, how do I, how do I monetize it? Um, you know, how do I, how do I price it? How do I, um, package and fulfill it? and deal with customer service and figure out marketing, all this stuff. So that's, that's when I decided to, um, to help people with that and put it, put together a game plan. So I'm not with that. I'm not doing the the day-to-day marketing for them. Um, I might recommend another company who's good at that, or I might recommend that they do that themselves, but I'm kind of putting the roadmap together for them. So they know how to go, um, from point A to point B. So, that's kind of, that's kind of from start to finish sort of in real quick. Yeah. And, and touching on, you know, you're working for another big company. I think I often say that uh, complacency is the death of innovation. It kind of kills you inside. So like mm-hmm. you said, it's yeah. right for people, you know, traditionally kind of that traditional mindset, go to college, work for one company for, you know, 20, 30 years, 40 years, and then retire. Yeah. Um, that that's that's cool but like i i would feel you know working for other um corporations in the past and stuff like that like you said you get lost in the mix you become comfortable it's like yeah. a paycheck you know there's no really i mean there's innovation on some levels but depending on the company that you work for so a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. you know you slip through the cracks you start like being complacent in terms of your you, you know your job and you know, some people don't take themselves out of that situation because they're fine with it. But me personally, I need to be kind of challenged or, you know, I kind of slip in terms of just being 
in better words, complacent and just comfortable. Yeah. Like I always try to be uncomfortable, even today. I mean, it snowed. I was shoveling snow in uh, shorts and a t-shirt just <laughs> oh, to man, like <laughs> throw myself off. I mean, Get technically that, yeah, that cold is, is good in terms of for your uh, immune system and stuff like that. And just yeah. mental clarity. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for everyone. Yeah. Um, I'm originally from Eastern Europe, so I'll account some of that tolerance to that. But yeah. um, everything I do, I try not to be in, uh, complacent in. Yeah. Are you doing the Wim Hof uh, breathing thing? And so you can be out in the cold for like hours at a time and <laughs> all that. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen like the like the sitting in just like the glacial water or just yeah. like ice water and then just developing a tolerance. I'm not that extreme. Yeah, that's another <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily want to take it to that level. But yeah, like yeah. anything in business or ideas with this podcast. I mean, if I was to go back, I would have started this podcast maybe five, six years prior. But it was one of those things in the back of my mind where it was like, I don't know really how to edit audio or the audio engineering or in terms of syndicating it or how I'm going to promote it or this, that or the other or equipment. And yeah. once jumping into it, you kind of figure it out. And if you become passionate in it, or if it's a passion to begin with, you're going to run with it and, you know, make something happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the the most important thing is just getting started and, and just, I, I was, it's funny that you said you mentioned being uncomfortable because I was actually just thinking about that this morning. Um, I, I was working on reverse engineering a part, a couple of parts for somebody and, it's the most tedious thing I've done, I think, in the last year at least. <laughs> and I was just thinking, man, nothing, nothing good comes out of being comfortable. You know, you really, when you're uncomfortable, you're making progress. You know, you're challenging yourself to take it a little bit further. And if you can, you know, just better yourself, even just a fraction of a percent every day over 365 days, you know, one year that that's could it could be massive you know just one percent would be a huge you know massive increase so um yeah you're right is and and that growth a lot of times happens when you're put yourself in an uncomfortable position not like it has to be painful all the time but just you know challenging a little bit yeah i agree i like to have kind of that uh contender mindset so it's nice to be one but i feel like you get comfortable at one and everybody's yeah, yeah. kind of gunning for you if you're number two you're consistently going to have that hunger to you know achieve what that first position may have not you know uh continued with because eventually yeah. anything in terms of sports or a company if you look at the fortune 500 list you know 10 20 30 years ago a lot of those companies aren't on it because they got too comfortable, they refused yeah. to innovate, they didn't care about, you know, technology changes, they thought they dominated the market, and they'll always dominate the market. And that's kind of that mindset gets you to slip a little bit. Mm, absolutely. Yep. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time. But what currently motivates you to succeed? Um, a, a lot of things, I think. But let me see. I mean, I think the most important thing for me is knowing how knowing how good it feels to have some kind of success, even if it's a small win. Um, and I think that gets that gets me through, you know, each hour of working and each day where especially when it's um, when it is kind of painful and I'm really not feeling like working or, you know, kind of getting something done, or if it feels like I'm really lost in the weeds and I'm not getting anywhere with it, I just try and remember, um, 
what it feels like to, you know, to get, to get on the other side of that and to get that victory and how, how good that is. Um, and, and then, you know, I'm, I'm also, I'm definitely very motive. I'm motivated by two things. Um, and like two big things besides that one is, uh, to make a, an impact in the world and make a positive impact in the world. And, and, you know, the bigger, the better really. And, and then to, um, have like real, real financial freedom. Um, and I work for myself and I'm able to work from home and that's, that's all awesome. Um, but there's different levels of financial freedom. And so, so the money definitely motivates me too. I think, um, and I think like a lot of times, sometimes people are sort of afraid to say that that's part of their motivation because they have to be altruistic or something. But I think it's really important to say, no, money is a big part of it, you know, and that's, that's like healthy. So. Yeah, I agree. And I think even if you're driven to obviously leave an impact or in like you consider yourself a heart led entrepreneur or you want to do the most good possible, if you want to think about it in terms of success, obviously, usually success equals to, you know, higher compensation, more revenue, that kind of thing. And if you have yeah. more financial freedom and more finances, the level of good that you can do is exponentially higher because you can scale that on a yep. global level. So. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. So what's one thing that you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Uh, lack of focus is I think one of the, the things that I've struggled with over the years. And I mean, I get really excited by different things, new things, you know, I'll be working on something. I'll be working on one thing and I know I have to get it done. And, you know, a, a new idea pops into my head and I just start all of a sudden I start working on it. And maybe an hour or two hours later, I'm like down this rabbit hole and I've forgot and I've totally lost track of the, the thing that I was working on before that thought popped into my head. And I think that's so that's something that I, I have really struggled with over the years, but um but I think of, I think it's, it's a really good opportunity because I look back at some of the things that, you know, that I did that, that took my focus away from what I really needed to, to be doing. Uh, first of all, maybe at that time, I didn't know exactly what I needed to be doing. So sometimes you do have to experiment with different things. But um, I look back on, on the sort of some of that time that might have been wasted. And I think, man, that's awesome. If I just, instead of wasting that time going forward, I do, uh, even if I'm only able to, even if I only waste half that much time, you know, so I, I do something that I'm able to focus more, even if it's not like a hundred percent, you know, I'm able to focus more and I'm able to get more of the stuff done that I need to on a daily basis. And I'm consistent with that. Then I just, I think the potential there is so massive. So yeah, I think, I mean, I do have a few th things going on. I own a couple of different businesses and so I'm not focused on one thing all the time. Um, I think that's kind of unrealistic sometimes, but I do think that focusing on the things that you need to get done on a daily basis and just really doing those and getting, getting that down is super important. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of noise. And when you're like passionate about what you do, like you're like a kind of a, a squirrel. You just oh, get yeah. lost and, yeah. and, and jump from one thing to another. But like you said, I think 
lists for me are important. So creating kind of a to-do list for the day and the week, and then just like figuring out usually like 10 things and prioritizing in an order of importance. And some of those things where um, they may not be as impactful, but like you're passionate about it. It's something new. It may be like a major time suck. So you have to figure out like, okay, you want to explore that maybe a lot, an hour or two, but really you need to finish these, you know, few things in the, in the day or the week. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. And there's like, just as an example for that, um, right now I have a few projects that I have to finish up for clients. I'm also, we're getting through the holidays with, uh, with grass racks and as a, you know, with a product company in the holidays, it gets a little bit, um, it can get a little bit crazy. Um, it's getting easier for us cause we're, we're putting more automation into our business. So that, that helps a lot. Um, but it's a little crazy right now with work, but there's things that I really, really, really want to do would rather be doing to help grow my business. And I'm chomping at the bit to get to that, like putting out some more content and writing and, um, making videos. And I'm like, I can't wait to do that stuff. And I want to do that now, but I really have to, you know, restrain myself and do get done, get the things done that I, that I like, know I have to do. I can't put off anymore. Yeah, I agree. And and in terms of kind of like the the clients you work with, are they like first time inventors, just inventors in general, different companies? And kind of how has, I guess, this whole global situation with the pandemic influenced that? Yeah, um, most of them are, are inventors and first time inventors. Um, a lot of them haven't started a business before. So that's where I think helping people build a strategy is super important. And it's something that they may not have ever really done before. They may have done a little market research or they maybe they've dabbled in, you know, marketing or they've, you know, they've heard about different things, but they don't necessarily know, you know, how to get from here to there and how to monetize something. So um, yeah, most of them are first time inventors. And, and I think with that kind of, with those clients, with that, um, client base that I have, uh, and with the pandemic, it's, it's actually, I think accelerated some people's, you know, desire to get their product to market. They've got, they've had this idea for a few years, maybe they've been rolling along with their job and, you know, it's, it's status quo and it, and it works. And, you know, they kind of, they just get caught up in the day-to-day stuff and they put that, that dream of starting a business and, and launching a product or service or whatever it is, they put that on hold. And I think for some people, the pandemic has really showed, I mean, they might've lost their job, um, which is, it's a double-edged sword. You know, if they've, I've had a couple of clients, they've, they've lost their job and their income and they've had to just stop their project midway. And, um, and some, so sometimes that happens and sometimes instead of stopping people lean into it, you know, they're, they're more, they're like, no, I need to figure out a new, a new revenue stream sooner than later. I can't rely on, on having this nine to five job always that may or may not be there always, you know, cause as soon as we hit some adversity, um, and, uh, you know, a lot of companies were just forced to, to lay off and to, you know, and to cut back. So I think people are kind of realizing that like now it's never been a better time really to be an entrepreneur. Um, and, and online sales are just exploding. So I've heard that, 
basically the next three years, what they were predicting before the pandemic, the next three years of growth um, has, has been pulled back to right now. So it's been accelerated. So we've, within the last few months, we've basically seen um, three years worth of online growth, which is, which is pretty cool. And it's just going to keep accelerating at a crazy rate, especially with, you know, big platforms like Amazon. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's uh, what you do with the situation. So like you said, I've had a lot of people, um, inventors, authors, people that kind of, um, you know, side, put their projects on the side because of jobs or whatever they were dealing with in their life. And then this happened and they had extra time, regardless of whatever the situation, layoff, fire, just extra time in general, working from home. So no commute. So they Mm -hmm. really figured it out. So they could have been kind of like, okay, my situation sucks. Or, hey, I have this extra time. Let me fast track whatever may have been a side hustle or something that I try to do, but, you know, never really materialized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's cool. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to bet the farm on, you know, on your, on your business. You know, you don't want to bet everything um, unless you're, you know, in your early twenties and you've got almost nothing to bet, you know, then it's like, all right, well, (laughs) You know, if you go back to zero, you were at zero a year ago. So, you know, it might not, it might, might make sense to bet everything, but, um, you know, I, it's not like you should put your life savings into, into developing a product or launching a business, but it's good to take some risk. You know, I think it's important to, to invest in yourself, what is comfortable and what, if it doesn't, and you also have to know, like, I mean, business is risky and you could put whatever you put into it, you very well may not get it out and you have to be okay with that, you know? So it's, but the potential is massive. It's, it's, you know, it's not like, it's a lot more powerful than putting your money into the stock market that you have absolutely zero control over. You know, if you're investing in yourself, you have a hundred percent control over yourself you don't have control over everything. You know, there's going to be some roadblocks that, that you don't have control over, but at the end of the day, it's a, what I I'll bet on myself, um, always before I bet on something that I just have no control over. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you could leave with the audience, personal or professional? Uh, yeah. Um, personal or professionally and with business and starting a business, I think the most important thing is starting and just, just getting going. Um, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but you know, with, with you starting your podcast, you just kind of dove in head first and, and figured it out. And that's what, that's what you have to do. It's not going to be perfect and polished and shiny, you know, whatever it is that you do from the beginning and be, be cool with that. Be okay with that. I talked to, uh, when I was out in California before, before all this happened, uh, I talked with a guy, I went to a sandwich shop, um, which had, it was the grand opening of this sandwich shop, uh, that day, which was, which was pretty cool. Amazing sandwiches. Um, and there was a giant picture of, of this guy at, um, on like the, the window, as you were coming in, they, they painted this giant mural of this guy. And, and when I walk in, there's the guy, like he's, he looks exactly like this painting outside. And I'm like, I wonder if he owns the place. So I started talking to him and turns out he owned like 50 of these 
rest, uh, sandwich places all over California. And, and he was growing at like an incredible rate. His stores were just popping up all over the place pretty quickly. And I just, I asked him what his key to success was. And he just said, it's not perfect. I'm not trying to be perfect. You know, there's, I'm, but I'm trying to, you know, get it done. I have to trust in the people that I hire. They're not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. And so I think that I, 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 that really struck me because I think a lot of times myself included, we think, man, we can't launch something until it's, it's, till it's totally dialed in and it's perfect, perfect, perfect. And really the reality is if you do that, it's, it's too late. You really, you really should get something out there and get some feedback and start testing it and improving it. Cause you've got, assuming you want to be in business for years or decades, maybe you've got plenty of time to fine tune it. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, creators, inventors, anyone, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, company founders, they always feel like that's their baby and they want it perfect. It's like you said, it's never going to be yep. perfect. And then they waste time of not getting it into the market. So you yep. get as close as possible that it does what it needs to do. Don't overthink it and get in the market and let the market decide. Obviously, exactly. you need that feedback and whatever the feedback's going to be, you either make it better, you pivot, you change, you go a different direction. But when you don't have that feedback, you can make a lot of assumptions, but without kind of a real world situations, you can't really get it to the point where you need it to get. Exactly. Yep. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yeah, definitely. Well, I really appreciate it, Roman. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, it's been a blast. And yeah, people can find me at uh, stokestrategies.com. Um, and then if they want to learn more about uh, the product that I that I sell, it's called GrassRacks. And uh, it's GrassRacks, G-R-A-S-S-R-A-C-K-S.com. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Absolutely. Thanks, Roman. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.